Over the last few years, especially as we've navigated the global pandemic, I feel like we've seen just about every marketable iteration of wellness there could possibly be, from, you know, minimalist to luxury. And I feel like when we really sit back, you know, think about it and reflect, a lot of what we need are, you know, unconventional, inexpensive ways to really incorporate practical wellness in our hustle-filled lives. But what do I know? You can't have 7 billion different people on earth and all of them are all journaling. Like, no, like we all like it's I think wellness is really like kind of, I guess, hinting to the whole like holistic thing. It's like really being in tune with yourself. Like you you, you have to be in tune with with what actually makes you this is But What Do I Know podcast with Chit Suzanne, a space for affirming, for learning, and for healing. A podcast and community where we're exploring our But What Do I Know moments in hopes that it helps you, the listener, overcome yours. You ready? Welcome everyone to another year and another season of the But What Do I Know podcast. I'm your host, Chit Suzanne, and I just want to welcome you all to this new episode, new season. I'm so happy to be back. Your girl is feeling rested. I went to Mexico, got some sun, got a new job. So, you know, we have lots to talk about and we're going to get into these things throughout this year and throughout this season. But of course, before we go any further... If this is your first time tuning in and listening to this podcast, you know, thank you for stopping by. I hope that you enjoy this episode. It definitely is one that is, you know, going to sort of set the tone and the mood for the rest of the year for us. So I hope you enjoy it. You know, be sure to like, subscribe on whatever streaming platform you use to listen, especially if it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify. This just sort of helps to tell the algorithm, hey, people are listening, they're enjoying share this to more potential listeners. All right. So thank you for doing that. And, you know, if you're already part of our community, if you've been listening, you've already subscribed, you're liking, you're interacting with us on Instagram or TikTok, then thank you. I appreciate you. And you're honestly contributing to the growth of this podcast and community. So I definitely really, really, really appreciate it. And two, I guess, little announcements. Of course, most of our episodes will also be Post it on YouTube as well now so that you all can enjoy the visual components of our main segment conversation. So as long as tech lets us do what we got to do, the audio's right, the visual's right, then those will be posted on YouTube as well. And I have been talking about wanting to start a community off Instagram that supports this podcast. So I've officially launched a community on the Geneva app. I am so, so, so excited to try this out. I've been reaching out to some avid listeners and supporters of the podcast and, you know, getting some people to get on the app, let me know how they like the feel, letting me know if they're like in the interface before I sort of shared it out to the broader community. But here it is. We have our In The Know community on the Geneva app. It does require you to download that app, but once you download it, the link that I will share on Instagram and in this episode description takes you right to our community. So you just have to download and you're right there. So if you want to get, you know, more sort of exclusive content, we're going to be sharing playlists, affirmations, 
meetups, events, video chats, workshop sessions in there. Be sure to join our community in the know on the Geneva app. All right. I think that's all the announcements I have for now. I'm just excited to get into the rest of this episode because, you know, first one in a minute. So let's go ahead and get right into our clue and Right, so for our clue and segment for this episode, we are going to start off with politics mixed with some scandal here in the city of Toronto. So for our listeners in Toronto, you're likely aware of this already, but for our listeners based outside of Toronto, so our mayor, Mayor John Tory, recently resigned. He announced his resignation on February 10th. Yep, it was a Friday. And his reasoning was because he had been involved in an inappropriate extramarital affair with a former staff member at the city. So honestly, when I was sort of watching it, at this point, I'm convinced that politics and scandal go together like bread and butter. I feel like, you know, just through my lifetime, we've just seen over and over again, politics and scandal and uh, I wasn't necessarily surprised at it all. I just I wasn't surprised at all. However, so what this does mean is so he announced his resignation February 10th and by February 17th, he had had his last day, you know, penned a letter to staff members and to council expressing that he felt like, you know, City of Toronto had better days ahead of us and all that very serendipitous stuff. And, you know, he's officially no longer our mayor anymore. So right now, the deputy mayor has stepped in to be mayor temporarily, and they've also expressed that they will not run to be mayor. So what that means is right now we sort of get another impromptu by-election that'll be happening in a couple of months. So Toronto listeners, this is important because we get a bit of a do-over. So pay attention because several candidates that ran in the previous election last fall are likely running again in this by-election that'll take place in a few months. And I'll definitely be keeping you all informed on what's going on as dates get announced, released, and so on. But Stay ready because we got to do over. We need to do this properly this time. And I'm going to need you all to vote for Chloe Brown. Okay. So like I said, I will be given more information as it gets released. But as of right now, we get a by-election to happen in a couple of months. John Tory is out. And hopefully we got someone more progressive, detailed, that just really, really, really cares about the future of Toronto in office in the next coming months. So I'll keep you all updated, but that has to do with, you know, this upcoming mayoral race that will take place here in the city of Toronto. All right. So concerts there have been no shortage of concert announcements. There have been a lot of, uh, you know, dates getting released and um, everyone and their mom has been scrambling to get tickets to these concerts. Of course, we have Beyonce. Beyonce will be at the Rogers Center in Toronto on July 8th. I don't know if you can still get tickets for that concert. I'm just going to be honest with you. I didn't even try because the process just seemed really long from registering in different fan tiers and uh, Ticketmaster needs a full revamp. I'm tired. If you manage to get tickets, congratulations. <laughs> and, you know, I hope you enjoy it. Please vlog and make sure that you're holding the camera steady um, on your Instagram story so that we all at home, too, can also enjoy. <laughs> Ari Lennox. Love Her will be at History on March 7th. Wizkid, our very own African star boy, will be at Scotiabank Arena on March 19th. And this one, 
I'm contemplating tickets. It's based on where I'm seated and what I'm able to get and the view. Yeah, that one is a big question mark for me right now. But if I do go, I will, of course, you know, share my experience with y'all in the clue-in segment. And of course, Masego. Yo, Masego, our Trap Jazz uncle is coming. He's going to be at History on March 29th and I will be there. I'm so excited. I can't wait to hear Yebo live. You never visit me. Like the list goes on and on and on. I'm so excited to see Masego at History. So that I would definitely be doing a recap for you all on the Clue In segment once I once I go and check that out. I'm really excited. So these are some upcoming concerts taking place. I know Beyonce's is in the summertime, but Ari's, Wiz, and Masego are taking place all in March. So if you're looking for something to do this month, you have some you know extra coins to spare in your going out fund. Um, here are some things that you can you know get into here at the city of Toronto. All right. And finally, this week, I have a TV show recommendation. There hasn't been a lot of music projects being released. I feel like the beginning of the year, we usually get this little bit of like a quiet period that takes place in the music industry where not a lot of things are being released. So I'm keeping my eye out on, you know, everything from R&B to Afrobeats. And I'll be sharing those with you all in the coming episodes. But um, I'm here with a TV show recommendation because I have been plugged into the show. And that is Truth Be Told. So I got hooked on season three. I know it's weird who starts a show from season three. But the way that it was really marketed, I thought it was a, a brand new series. So it stars Octavia Spencer and Gabrielle Union in season three. And Octavia Spencer is a true crime podcaster and journalist uh, in the TV show that essentially uses her podcast to help solve crimes, mysteries, cases. She has detectives that she works with, police officers that she works with, and so on. But this particular case that's being solved this season, season three, it is it is too good. It's too good. Get into it. If you're in the Geneva app, we're going to be talking. I'm going to be asking you all what you think about Truth Be Told. If you've started it, I want to get into it. I want to talk because it's too good. So get into it and uh, hit me up. Let's talk about it. All right. So with that being said, we are going to get into our main segment for this episode. I did say earlier in this episode that this would sort of set the mood for the, for the rest of the year and the season for us. So we're going to talk things wellness from a very practical perspective. And um, this was a very just wholesome, grounding conversation. So I hope you all enjoy it. And uh, with that, let's go ahead and get into our main segment. So welcome to our main segment conversation. This is actually our first main segment for the year. Um, and so, you know, our conversation today is going to be very, you know, wellness centered. We're going to talk 2022, how we're feeling in 2023. And, you know, we might talk about goals, intentions, and just how to keep ourselves well grounded, um, <laughs> in the year of our Lord, 2023. <laughs> and so to have this conversation, I have Brooklyn, also known as BK with me. Um, Brooklyn is the founder and owner of the Kind Body Therapy Practice, um, where she is a licensed massage therapist. We also met uh, through her work uh, as a content creator and podcaster. She hosts and creates the podcast, Look at the Material. So, girl, welcome. We're finally doing this. I'm so excited to <laughs> to be talking to you. Um, mm. And so, you know, just welcome to the podcast. How are you feeling? 
Thank you so much. I am really excited to be chatting with you today. Yeah. Um, really excited to talk about wellness from maybe a newer perspective uh, as we hear these terms of soft life. And I think just how, you know, social media it, it plays a role in like how we actually perceive wellness versus like what it is. So I'm really excited that you brought this up and like looking at you know, some of your questions before I'm like, okay, she, she knew she's, yeah, like you're asking the right questions. I feel really good. And uh, I just want more Black women to talk to one another about wellness because it's just kind of, I think we are more. Um, but when it comes to like, sorry, I'm like already hopping in. But when it comes to like Gen Z in, in particular, I don't like to do like blanket terms like this, but just for the sake of conversation, I feel like what I see online and maybe this is just my side of the internet is a lot of, you have people that are like either really obsessed with self-care and fitness and smoothies and supplements and stuff like that. Or you have like a lot of self-deprecating, like uh, kind of, I eat like shit and I don't work out and I don't really care, like kind of attitudes. Versus when you look at like millennials, like I just got invited uh, to do a self-care conference and it's like, I'm the only Gen Zer there. Like everyone is like pretty much millennials and older. So it's just interesting, like having being in this space because a lot more people migrate to um, fields like massage therapy, chiropractic, like alternative wellness as like a second or third career. Most people are not like I graduated college and then like a year or so later I became a massage therapist. So I'm I'm like on the younger side of things. And um, I'm really kind of just tired of the same recycled surface level, like self-care ain't selfish type, <laughs> you know, rhetoric when it's just like so much more deep. And I think with Look at the Material podcast, why I felt it was important to connect it with Kind Body Therapy, which is our mobile massage practice, is I take a more political approach because we can't talk about the, the environment, our bodies, um, the way we engage with wellness as women, as Black women. Like We can't talk about any of those things without talking about the constructs that, excuse my French, like fuck us over in the end, um, that make our air bad, that do not give us accessibility to become well ourselves. So I feel like I would just be remiss to not be like, okay, you can't just tell people to take a nap, to eat green leafy vegetables without talking about like food deserts and um, grind culture and why people have to have three jobs and don't have time to, to stop and, and rest. So I do want to always talk about, hey, these are really good things you could do to, to relax, to be more well. But I just want to keep in the forefront that this is a privilege to like have enough time and space to care about higher level wellness, like how's our mental, how's our physical, how's our spiritual. That is a very like privileged position because majority of Americans, and of course we can talk globally too, um, are suffering under colonization, late stage capitalism, things like that. And it's a lot harder to be well. Um, it's a lot harder to be optimistic about wellness. Like, Hey, the world's burning. Why should I care about, you know, if I'm doing sit-ups every morning? So I'm more interested in that point of view, I'm more interested in really talking about how do you deal with people who are just 
hopeless and kind of fatigued and like mm, girl you know what I mean things like that so that's my perspective like that's that's where I'm coming from <laughs> you touched on so many things that we are gonna get to in this conversation and <laughs> I was just like hmm yes because <laughs> yeah I'm like you said I'm tired of the I see a, you know, post. And of course, I love Instagram. I love the community that we're able to build on Instagram, especially when it comes to wellness. But the whole like wellness is not selfish. Self-care is not selfish. I like the post. Thank you so much for letting me know that what I'm doing is not selfish. But can we just dig a little bit deeper? Right. right? So you have done such a wonderful job in the little, you know, a little bit that you shared right there, letting us know a little bit about your journey. So you know, we're going to get a little bit more into your journey because you originally went to school for policy, like for po political science, correct? Yeah. Perfect. And then you did a switch and now you went back and you studied wellness. So let's focus on that part. What was that journey like? What made you want to sort of go into wellness and then, you know, take it from there? Yeah, um, I get that question a lot because uh, in college, I was really politically active, like on campus and in the community. Um, I feel like when I go back to like my guiding principle of getting into politics and studying political science, I really just wanted to help the most people, uh, period, like whatever that looked like. And my lens at that point was I can get into politics and make policies more progressive so that long-term they can have a positive impact on people's lives in the everyday sense. And then I feel like I really learned a lot about like soft skills and behavior and stuff like that, which ties really well into being a massage therapist. Actually, uh, you have to be really aware of people's behavior and uh, be able to tell the difference of when someone's saying, oh, this is fine, but listening to their tone and, and asking a follow-up question and being like, okay, well, would you like me to adjust the pressure? And then they say, Actually, yeah, you know, like having to focus on subtleties like that um, really came from my political science degree. Uh, I also studied African and African-American studies. Um, and so I don't know. It's interesting because uh, massage therapy kind of falls into STEM. Like when I went back to school for massage therapy, um, my classes were anatomy, physiology, kines. They were really science based. And uh, I, I didn't think I was going to do well with that, but um, it is kind of like a social science. I don't, this is really like lofty and like, maybe I'm just, but like uh, massage therapy is the blend of art and science. And I feel like my degree in African-American studies and also poli-sci kind of followed me into this, mm -hmm. this work, but yeah, like straight up, like wanted to run for office, like was just one of those girls. And um, yeah, my senior year in 2020, that, that's when like everything hit the fan. And I actually had to sit down and be like, I don't really like who I've become. I don't like the fact that I have to wear a mask every time I go up to the office. Not like a, not like a mask. Yeah. I'm not an anti-masker, but like, um, having to, you know, constantly code switch and, and beyond code switching, like that's like the tip of the iceberg. Like I had to become somebody else, form fake friendships, like mm. really 
push a lot of my morals to the side in order to engage in this very uh, competitive uh, world that is like actual politics. It's not a bunch of thinkers and people who have the people's interests at heart getting Mm. together and being like, how can we make policies better? There are some politicians like that, but especially in the South, the overwhelming majority is like conservative Republican and you have to have a majority to pass policies. So I just was like, I don't want to, as a black woman, put another uh, burden on my back of having to convince people of my humanity, of having to you know, there's just other ways that you can go about helping um, a large number of people. And so uh, after college, I kind of did a couple odd jobs. Like I was a freelance writer for a little bit. Um, I did like some Teach for America, like teachers aid type things. See if that was, you know, I wanted to do that. And uh, then my partner actually uh, went to chiropractic school and I was helping him out. And I just thought it was really cool. I was like, oh, you don't have to just be like a doctor. Like there's so many other uh, forms of like wellness practitioners. And I would kind of go up to campus with him and go to these little club meetings and see um, people doing soft tissue work. And like just the way that people's lives were greatly improved with like manipulating the body. And I was like, I think I want to try this, but I don't want to go to chiropractic school. And he suggested massage. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try it. And if I don't like it, I'm not going to be shy about that. I'm just going to quit. And I actually fell in love with it. Like the philosophy of holistic wellness, like mind, body, spirit, um, the, the touch. I'm a very like sensory person. I always have like my little sensory toys around and um, it, it's really satisfying, like on that level and, um, the mirror that it kind of put up to myself, uh, having to like work with other people and their bodies and stuff. It, it makes you reflect on your own self and mm-hmm. where you fit into this like world thing. So yeah, I feel like that was a lot, <laughs> but that's kind of how I landed where I am. And I'm just so much happier and so much more authentic in the way I live. Hmm. When you were talking about the part where, you know, you said you didn't want to put another burden on your on your back as a black woman. um, I just thought to myself, like, honestly, good for you for realizing that and for realizing it at that particular point in your journey, because sometimes. You know, we think to ourselves, OK, I'm a, I'm a black woman, like it's my responsibility, like I need to go up there and I need to make change and I need to make change, make change, make change. But it's like sometimes at the cost of what? Like my my well-being, my health, like I'm getting migraines constantly. I'm I'm having chronic stress and I don't know why. Like I'm tired, I'm restless, I can't sleep and I'm wondering why, but it's you know like so like I'm not saying like we should all give up on being change makers. Right. But I just think like sometimes when you weigh out the cost, it's so unfair. Like it's just yeah. so unfair and it's not even just politics like even for me like I'm in the urban planning field. And I remember George Floyd, we were sitting there all talking about how urban planning and architecture are also um, complicit in the way that we, that this field manifests and builds racist cities, right? So it's like in every field, I feel like if you're a black person, there's some sort of role, like you wake up and you're like, okay, how can I like, cause you just don't have the liberty to sit there and just be like, okay, let me just get a paycheck. Like it really doesn't work like that in a lot of fields for us. Like right. even for me, like I'm, you know, I have the the privilege to be able to change jobs. I have this time off. 
I started a new job. And one of the reasons is because I wanted my work to really mean something. I want to focus more on like housing and affordable housing. So it's like, just even that alone, it's like, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, when you said that, I was like, I completely feel that because not every day put stuff on your back. Like some days just rest, bro. <laughs> like it's no seriously, you know. No, that's so, a great point that you said it's in every field too. It's in every yeah. Um, so I think that was what it was, right? Like I had to just decide in what way am I going to bear some burden? Like what in what setting am I okay with it? Mm-hmm. And being in that political realm was just not. You know what I mean? <laughs> or even. <laughs> Like it, it teetered with like law as well. Like I interned at a couple like law firms thinking, okay, some of us go just the nonprofit route. Some of us go the politics route. Some of us go the law route. And I tried literally every sector, all three. And I was just like, there is no place for me here for real. Like, so yeah. that's, yeah. <sighs> you got to kind of pick it, pick your yeah, mind. Like pick, pick which field you can, you know, be the most well, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> So the podcast is called, but what do I know? Right. And, um, you know, part of this is sort of allowing listeners to hear our journey to sort of overcome their moments of doubt, of confusion and whatever facets of life, you know, they may be navigating. And in this, you know, journey and facet of wellness, um, I'm wondering if you have experienced any, you know, but what do I know moments, any moments where you were like, I'm not well, or I don't understand wellness, or this is what they're telling me wellness is, but I don't really think that I know what I'm doing here. Um, and if you had any of those moments, how did you sort of overcome that? Yeah. Um, ooh, I feel like a big one was like the whole um, stepping into rest mm-hmm. uh, as a as a function of like deconstructing a uh, grind culture. Um, that, that was one of those things where I, I was confused a lot along the way because how do you grapple with, okay, you can't escape if you're in the States. I'm sure there's capitalism everywhere, but like focusing on the States, like if you're in the States, you can't escape capitalism and you have to, you're almost like you're forced to be a worker or a boss, you know, whatever. And so all these people telling you to like rest and like, like just, just like lay down or whatever. You're like, I just, I don't know what I'm doing right now. I knew that I was, I was always interested in like sleep and rest mm. as a function of like um, radical pushback on the system. Like if I literally relax, let's say on like a very micro level, if I relax all day, that was me pushing up against grind culture because grind culture would say no days off, sleep when you're dead. Uh, what are you doing sitting on the couch? You could be making another post. You could be so like just having to reimagine what rest looks like. Um, and also breaking it down to people because it is this like, you know, brainwashing. This is, is this like, everyone is convinced that they have to be on the go. So you can't just tell people, just lay down or just do this thing like you you have to really break it down and bring them through it like hold their hand through it so i feel like yeah the whole like rest grind culture soft life that whole thing i was kind of very much rest wrestling and we're gonna get there we're gonna get there okay yeah (laughs) yeah but so you said you know you were sort of wrestling and grappling it with grappling with it but at what point did you sort of make peace with it or did you 
sort of carve your own definition of rest amidst the chaos? Like, how did you sort of figure that out? Or are we still figuring it out? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's both. And I feel like I'm still the figuring out part is more about um, allowing myself to imagine. Um, There's a lot of like imagination and creativity that goes into building something else other Mm. than what you're used to. And so like, it's so easy to get frustrated. And I think that's what the place that I was at before, which was I'm so frustrated because it's like, I'm only envisioning rest in one way. I'm only envisioning pushing back in one way. And when I can't do that, I'm like, well, F it. Like maybe it's, maybe I can't actually push back or can't be revolutionary or radical or whatever uh, when it comes to rest. But yeah, now I think the biggest coping thing, the, the biggest way that I've been able to kind of get to the other side is simply surrender. Um, surrender is like way easier said than done. Um, like life is going to be chaotic. Things are going to happen in ways that just feel like the rug is being pulled beneath you. Um, Mm -hmm. work is going to pop up, like things are going to happen, but I feel like just surrendering to that and being like, okay, I can't change this. Maybe I can accommodate myself in this way. Maybe I can sweeten the deal for myself. Um, so just, I think surrendering and, and being creative in the ways that I can like get to my, my end goal, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Surrender is such a good word, you know, cause I feel like part of releasing that stress from your body, like once you just sit down and you tell yourself like, okay, I surrender, like it really does like lift a little bit of a weight off your shoulder. Wow. That's a really good word. I'm going to be like thinking about that. That that was a good one. Cause I was like, she she really said surrender. Like it's scary though. Like it's really scary because I think there is this illusion that we have a lot more control than we actually do. And that's Mm -hmm. why we get so disappointed when things like don't go the way we We want. And it's like, okay, so what part of that did you think you were actually controlling? There's like a whole world and ecosystem happening around you. And like, you, you, you have to, you're at the the whim of like, I mean, obviously you can like have good habits and mm-hmm, there's, there's mm-hmm. a small locus of control you have over your life. But when you realize there's like so many other factors and things like you have to just. Surrender. Um, yeah. yeah. Wow. We've just gone there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to step back a little bit because, you know, we've been talking about wellness and surrender and and this is so good. But before we go any further, I want to know what wellness means to you. Like when you see wellness, and I know that wellness has been so branded and rebranded and marketed to us in so many different ways. But outside of all of that, what does wellness mean to you? And how do you sort of practice wellness? Really good question. I, my framework is holistic wellness. I think words matter in this sense, because wellness in, in and of itself to be well, um, it implies that it's holistic. Like you can't be well if only one part of you is like thriving. Right. Um, that, that's mm. not to say that like you will just be this complete Zen, like everything is all in alignment at all times. That's not true. But I think holistic wellness to me is the awareness that um, I am an integrated system. I am mind, body, soul. Mm. And so I don't always have to be working on all three things at the same time. I feel like that's tiring and kind of counterproductive. 
but I have to be aware that if my chest is tight or I have a headache, something is going on emotionally. That may mean something is going on spiritually, like thinking about all the parts um, Mm -hmm. of my being and not, and trying not to abandon one or the other. I may have to kind of put one to the side and pour a little bit more into my body because I'm feeling sick or pour a little bit more into my spirit because I'm feeling lost. But just being aware that I'm integrated, that there's so many different levels to me. Um, and I think coming up with, um, kind of like combo deals, right? So like, if I play, if I'm going to the playground, like I literally go to the playground, if I go to the playground and I'm swinging and I'm running, I'm exercising my body, but that's also good for my soul. So like kind of doing things that knock two birds with one stone, uh, out. So Mm. yeah, holistic wellness is like the, all your mind, body, and spirit being in tandem, being aware that those things exist and impact like who you are. And then in order to support that and sustain that, I try to find things that knock out mind and body or maybe body and spirit or, you know, knock a couple of things at like one time. Mm, Okay. And I like that you said, you know, you don't have to be working on all three at once because that can be tiring. I also think that doing this kind of like wellness work and stuff like how do I explain this? I feel like sometimes this is subconscious work and the way that wellness is sometimes put in front of us, it's like you have to all of a sudden be like this week I'm going to be well. Um, Did I soak in a bath? Check. Did I do this? Check. Did I meditate for, for 10 minutes to 20 minutes? Check. Did I stretch? Like, And I feel like I'm not saying that that's not a good way to approach it, but yo, sometimes life happens and it can't be like that. And so wellness has to be that instead of meditating for 20 minutes, I had to sleep because I worked later the day before. And so now I am going to listen to a quick affirmation podcast in my drive to work or on the on the train. Like, you know what I mean? And so I think that, like you said, like going to play, it brings out the inner child in us where we're able to jump around and it feeds my mind, my soul and my body you know, versus conventional ways of wellness. So, yeah, yeah, no, that, that's, and like, that's, that's where right. that creativity comes in. Like I talked about earlier where it's like, you're so right. Like there's only, it only feels like 10 different things that you can do. Like read that self-help book, journal, sit in front of a plant, lay on your mat. Like there are so many other things. And also that goes into the branding of wellness. Like you can't have 7 billion different people on earth and all of them are all journaling. Use medi- <laughs> like, no, like we all like, it's, I think wellness is really uh, like kind of, I guess, hinting to the whole like holistic thing. It's like really being in tune with yourself. Like you, you, you have to be in tune with, with what actually makes you relax. I think that's why like relaxation work is really important too, because people are like, I'm doing all the things I tried to meditate and I just can't relax. And I'm like, I always ask like, well, does sitting in silence actually relax you? And it's like, well, no, it's like, well, don't do that. Like (laughs) you have to personalize, you know, your wellness journey. Um, But in order to personalize it, you have to like dig within yourself to, to see like, what actually do I like? What actually does calm me down? Like what actually does make me feel well? No, you have so that's such a good point. 
because I remember, <laughs> I remember like even journaling and I journaled last year. I tried my best to keep up with it. Um, and I was, I even had a different, um, wellness practitioner come here and say that there are different methods of journaling. So sometimes I journal through like music, my feelings, and I'll just like make notes of songs that represent how I'm feeling. Because sometimes for me, like I can't sit there and just be writing out how I'm feeling or how I've been feeling the last couple of days or I'm like, bro, like I can't, I, I, I just can't do it. You know, right. like I, it doesn't come to me as easily as like, sometimes now I've started recording notes on my phone. Um, if I'm really feeling something, I'll stop and I'm like, today is blah, blah, blah. I'm really feeling this way. Don't know why. Da, 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 da. We'll check back in later. And then that's it for me. Just to, because I do understand that writing things down and journaling, it might help you track things. And, you know, a couple of years from now, it might help you go back and say, this is how I was feeling. This is why I decided to leave this particular place, the person. So I get that. But for me, I completely agree with you. Like, we all can't be journaling, bro. Some (laughs) (laughs) Try different methods. That's a great point, too, where, like, I also do voice memos uh, to myself. If I feel like my hands can't write as fast as my thoughts are going. That's what it is for me. That's what it is for me because I just have so many thoughts. And I'm like, by the time I'm done this sentence, I'm on to, like, three more. Like, right. Let me just talk it out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's a really good point. Um. So the last three years have been a blur. I feel like we've been in, you know, some sort of a matrix. I remember, you know, before they told us all to pack up our things and go home and tell us that we're going to be working at home for two weeks, that turned to three years. Um, I remember just feeling very, having a very weird feeling around 2020. Um, And then, you know, 2021, the world gradually reopened and 2022 felt like, okay, we're living in this quote unquote new norm that people have dubbed it. So wanted to know, how was your 2022? You know, um, were there any, any sort of like life happenings or things that impacted your, your wellness or your overall well-being? And uh, how did you cope? Like what coping mechanisms did you use? Um, I would say 2022 as a whole was really good. Uh, in hindsight, I think going through it, I was, I had a lot of like, why me moments, <laughs> um, like what, or like what the heck is going on moments. Um, I think in hindsight, it was a really nice incubator. Um, I, you know, found a new career. I started a new brand with Kind Body Therapy. I became a business owner. Uh, like a legit, like having an LLC, having a business bank account, um, having clients that trust me. Um, I think it was a really like, uh, like reformer year for me where I got to redefine myself. I started to identify more closely with my preferred name, BK, and like really just exploring my identity. Um, I think, uh, I can't really point out one in particular thing that like, you know, really just, I I'll just say like the constant chaos of life. Um, little, little fires. Like, I don't know if you saw that like show little fires, little fires everywhere. Yes. Literally (laughs) where it's just like, and coming out of it and being like, Oh, I learned this new interpersonal skill or I learned Mm -hmm. how to stand up for myself or, I learned, you know, just trying to look at it from like that. I didn't know at some point I went through something and now I know something like that's the only way I've been able to kind of 
rationalize and cope with the things or make sense of what, of what, of like certain things that happened last year. Um, I think I have definitely gotten like a stronger voice, which is really important when you are a small business owner and you have clients that you like literally touch and like interact, having firm boundaries and, and things like that. Um, I guess I could say though that like becoming a small business owner actually was the big event because you think that, or I will say the way that it is branded to you is that you start a business, you get an LLC, you start documenting your taxes and then boom, now you're a business owner. And it's not that many uh, perspectives that I see online of people telling you uh, it's going to rock your world because you're going to have to figure out, do you have strong enough boundaries? You're going to have to figure out how you are with money. You are going to figure out um, why are you so scared? Like what things are actually paralyzing you from making that cold call, closing that client, following up? Like it really is a huge mirror, like to look at, yeah, all these little things of your personality and of your being that no one really talks about. It's not just about setting up the LLC and making money. Like you have to like figure like, am I a nice person? Do I have good people skills? Like, do I like, do I know how to get my finances together? Like it, it really uh, exposed a lot. So I, I would say that was my biggest thing. And, and I think instead of looking at it as, oh my gosh, I'm a failure. I'm not uh, ever going to get this. I'm not ever going to get a client. Instead of looking at it like that, I'm like, okay, yo, let's go back to the surrender. This is happening. And we're just going to have to massage our way through, like no pun intended. We're going to have to literally work our way through this somehow, figure out what is it teaching you, figure figure out something new about yourself. Um, so staying curious, staying creative, I feel like has gotten me through a lot of those little fires for mm. sure. That's really, really good. I feel like when you said like, you know, figuring out your personality, am I a nice person? Am I, am I a nice person? Am I a good person? Do I have good people skills? Um, that's so real because I feel like, so 2020, I got my first sort of like big girl job. And from 2020 to 2022, I feel like I've just been in like 2020, especially, I don't know what it was about that year, but I did such like, I was in my head, in my heart, I was in everything. Like I just did such deep mental work. And by 2021, 2022, I was like, I'm not really who I was in 2019. Like I remember, especially as it relates to work, the type of work I want to do, the type of, even like the type of relationships I want to have. Like I remember just being like, oh, I want to date a corporate guy and da 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 da. And I'm like, mm. I don't like corporate men anymore. I hate the way they behave. I don't like it at all. Even like one in a corporate job. Like now, if I never put on a blazer again, I'll be so happy. Like so oh happy. If I never have to go to another networking meeting again, I'll be oh so happy. Gosh. So yeah. And even now like starting a job where it's corporate, but it's not really corporate and they're not as much of a, a hierarchy and, you know, so now I'm like, yo, like the work, like, and it was scary because these are things that I wanted for such a long time. And then to now have it and you're like, I don't want this anymore. Like, this is weird. Why don't you want it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that's self-work. Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> it's a lot. And you, you really have to like also just like how they say you don't want to work out every single day. You want to have rest days so your muscles recover. It's the same thing with healing and with doing like the work 
do it and be in that season and then like relax because mm-hmm. it's a lot of, like let it download give yourself a chance to apply what you just learned like this constant um i think that's also another part of like the branded and more so eurocentric version of like wellness too where it's like there's always a problem that problem is you or within you and you constantly need work 24 mm. 7 that's just unrealistic you know what i mean um yeah. There is no like promised land of healing where you're just healed and nothing ever bothers you and da da da. Like, yeah. So that's, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so there is one particular word related to wellness, wellness, um, divine femininity and so on. That's just been floating around. Um, and it's been talked about and you had a real, where you were sort of breaking it down and I really liked your perspective on it. So I wanted us to sort of talk about that a little bit. Um, and this is the soft life. Okay. Um, Everyone has been, you know, I want a soft life, soft life only, soft life, soft life this, soft life that. And it has, I think it has like so many different meanings now. Because if I ask one, one woman, okay, what the self life, what the soft life mean to you? Someone else will have a completely different definition. So BK, what does soft life mean to you? <laughs> Do you subscribe to living a soft life? Do you care? Do you not care? Um, really good question. I think, um, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of different answers to this question. I think it goes back to that whole personalization thing. Um, like what's soft to you may not be soft to the other person. So that's probably where you can find like difference in people's like experience with it or definition of it. But I think, uh, looking at it from a, I guess, socio-political lens, like we're black women, right? And we are heavily masculinized, meaning mm. people subscribe masculine characteristics to black women, the strong black woman trope, this superwoman trope, this be everything for everyone trope. And mm. so I do think that black women can benefit from looking at her life and examining where is it safe for me to be more vulnerable and for me to divorce myself from the strong black woman trope. I think it's dangerous. We know for some of us to actually be soft in like society, like we, in the sense that we always really kind of need to have our guard up to protect our, our person. Like we got to protect ourselves. Right. But I think in our interpersonal relationships, allowing ourselves to be a little bit more vulnerable and open and, allowing ourselves to be held. Like if you know that you have a friend that's your homegirl, but you feel like you can't tell her stuff because you're going to be a burden. Like you're not allowing yourself to be held by someone that you consider a companion. And so I think we could call that softness. You know, we could say you need to be softer. Um, But I think it's just leaning more into your humanity. I think men are masculinized, women are masculinized. Like we are also in a brutal capitalist colonialist system that like forces us to kind of just be hard, like to survive. Um, But there are moments where you can just lean into your humanity a little bit and say, girl, no one's hard 24 seven. Like you can't, like you can't do that. Um, But I don't know. I think it's a, it's, it's, complex i think whenever people conflate it with luxury or when people conflate it with like 
steamy silk sheets and shit like that. Like fine, like fine. Silk sheets can be like soft for you. Um, but we have to be careful. Like, are we leaning into consumerism, materialism? Are we just selling products and then calling it soft? Like, so I think there can be some critiques of it, but the fact that we can even have a conversation about what does softness mean? Why do we need it? Like it, the phrase has done its job in at least starting a conversation about what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, especially for black women, there's so many of us that feel really anxious, like, being soft or being vulnerable because we're used to disappointment, abuse, ridicule, whatever the case may be. And so it really is a protective measure. And I think it just takes a while to really be comfortable and build trust with the community around you to like be soft. Mm -hmm. Um, But 100% like chill out, be soft, whatever. But I wouldn't, (laughs) I don't put too much like uh, credence into that phrase as like a branded term online. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see the benefit of like slowing down and mm-hmm. sitting your ass down somewhere to be completely honest oh, and allowing your community your down. to <laughs> like allowing people to hold you yes. like, come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, when you said like allowing yourself to be held, I was like, that is so real, like both metaphorically and physically, because yes, mm-hmm. we're so on the go. And yeah, I just want all black women to be held. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're listening to this, please go, go be held. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but yeah, no, I completely, I agree with you on that definition that of course it means different things to different, to different people, to different women. And I think that, you know, some parts of the internet have started to align that with femininity and so on. And like you said, like, there's that one visual I have in my head. I can already picture it. The reel has soft life and the girl is, the lady is running through the fields in her satin dress with flowers. Or it's the luxury and her man is buying her Gucci, Louis Prada and all those things. And both great. Live your life. Love that for you, girl. (laughs) But at the end of the day, I think if we just bring it down to simplicity it really is just taking the time to rest be held and like a little bit of like freedom in that too like just loosen up your shoulders you know like at the very basis of it yeah yes yeah like actually i think thinking about i love thinking about what does it look like in my Mm day-to-day like i can't always be in a hotel room on the 27th floor (laughs) with like a bed and breakfast because you know that with the with the like hair tie thing i can't always do that so like what does it look like practically yes (laughs) so yeah yeah, i'm thinking yes you know the spa days and the i took myself out so this is the restaurant i'm sitting at and i love that and i really hope that and this is where I also like struggle. I tater the line and I struggle with wellness because I'm I'm sitting here. I have a platform too. And I, I want to say that I want every woman to experience that. But at the same time, it's like that will not be possible. And then one woman experiencing that is at the cost of another woman because who is taking care of the sheets and steaming them for you? And yes. uh, yo, this Most life. likely a woman because yeah. we are like literally forced into hospitality. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it, and that's what I agree thinking about like mm-hmm. these materialist implications, these class implications. And, and again, see, we find ourselves in a moment where we're talking about black women being soft, <laughs> but you can't turn off the, the part of you that's thinking about, okay, well, like who's cleaning up the hotel room <laughs> after I finish? Like, <laughs> So that's why it has to be outside of that. It has to be something you can recreate in your own home Mm -hmm. on your own time. And I love that. 
something that I think is really important for me with kind body therapy is like showing people simple and sustainable ways to like relax in their home. And so I'll, I'll do like a lot of DIY stuff or like mm. I'll find sensory toys at the dollar store. Like if I am buying into something that, you know, is a, is a good, you know, like a hot pack or like a diffuser or something like that, mm-hmm. I'm going to find like the most accessible version to show people. I'm going to, you know, like I want to remove so many barriers and, and show working class women like, hey, you may not be able to quit your three jobs and be soft and be in leisure 24-7. But um, when you come home, you can put white rice in a sock and microwave it and put it on the back of your neck and, and just rest for two seconds before you go to bed. Mm. Like you can insert these little pockets of relaxation and softness in your life. And that's why I think it's so important for us to just have a have a conversation about it instead of just putting the image up there because everyday women are looking at that. I'm like, Oh, I guess I can't experience softness because I don't have a man doing that for me. I can't Mm -hmm. afford to, you know, so. Exactly. Wow. Um, (laughs) BK, thank you for, thank you for this conversation. This has been so good. And you already sort of started touching on it, which are, you know, everyday practical methods to include wellness and, you know, just our day to day. So please keep going. That's that rice one, rice in a sock and put it on the back of my neck. What does that do? Yes. Okay. So I was literally just looking for, um, I think I was in college and Mm -hmm. I was looking for like to see if we had a heating pad in our apartment. And my roommate was like, oh, you can just put a, you can literally just get like a tube sock and put rice in it and then tie, tie the sock up. And now you have like a heating pad or like a hot pack. And you just like pop it in the microwave and you put it on like your sore muscles and stuff like that. Like, because I know that um, I do have a clientele, right? But like, not everyone can get massages mm. um, because contrary to see, oh, okay. Let me, let me see I'll try. Contrary to popular belief or this like phrase that a lot of massage therapists say that massage is not a luxury. It's like it, it 100% is. Girl. And, People, people just can't get them as regularly as they need to. So I always, you know, try to um, just give people like simple tools that they can use at home. Mm-hmm. My two biggest things are like play and relaxation. Okay. Play because there's typically going to be like a cheap sensory toy or a playground or a park or something for uh, someone to like engage and play. Um to relax themselves, to like bring themselves into like normalcy when it comes to their emotions. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, like um, relaxation. So just sitting around and doing nothing or um, soaking in a hot bath or getting a DIY hot pack and putting it on your, on your neck, mm-hmm. things like that. I feel um, especially like all of us are not, this is not like normal, right? Like we're coping with, a, a society that just said, "Hey, we really don't care that you're in a pandemic. Like we like we're going to keep going and you can't stop working and we're not going to take care of you." And those are really harsh realities that we're we're living through. And I'm not like a doomsday type of girl. I am a realist mm. and I do pay attention to like what's going on, and I just want to help people find little ways that they can uh develop a relaxation practice, which is what I like to call it. And it's basically just a combination of things that you do uh, to cope with chronic life stress, societal stress, work-related stress. And um, you really have to 
figure out what that is for you. Some people like reading, some people like relaxing, some people like sitting outside, whatever the case may be. Um, and sometimes like you go through certain seasons and something that relaxed you a couple months ago won't do it for you now. So you always have to constantly update and check in with yourself. Um, but I don't know. I feel like when we're talking about practical wellness, practical wellness, stress management is at the top of the list for me. I know that like eating good foods, getting sunlight, moving your body and stuff like that is also really great. And there are people, mm-hmm. accounts that like, you know, cover a lot that, of that. those bases. Exactly. <laughs> but my basis is mainly stress management because that really is a really big root of where a lot of people's body tension is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, just mental turmoil. Like they really just need a method to manage their stress because the stress is not going away. Mm. Like I'm not going to toxic positivity you and say the world's (laughs) just going to be good. Like, no, there are like very real things happening. But I think if you dig deep and you decide, like you figure out what, what works for you, you can implement little pockets in your everyday life, you know? Right. All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been so good. I feel like we just reached like higher level meta thinking about <laughs> wellness. <laughs> and I feel like I'm going to be listening to this episode and reflecting on it. And this is something that I'm definitely going to be keeping in mind as I'm going through 2023. Like just a lot of the things I've learned about myself last year and just about my well-being and, you know, just different things. So I just want to thank you for um but yeah, for pulling up and having this conversation with me. Um, so we're not done. We do have one final fun segment we like to end the episode um, with. And so this is, you know, Boardwano podcast. So we want to get to know different side of our guests and we want to get to know you a little bit better. So I'm going to ask you four questions. And without thinking too, too hard, I just want to know the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. Um, so the first one is social media is best used when? As a reward for something. Mm. I like that. That's interesting. I like that because I was expecting you to say like social media is best used when putting out a message or when <laughs> building a community. But I like that you said as a reward for something. Yeah, that's that too, that's that too though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Would you rather lose all your money or all your time? Um, okay i got you i got you money 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 okay because if i don't have time i can't spend the money there you go good answer you got it (laughs) um okay i'm interested to know the answer to this one so what is a song that when it comes on you think to yourself like this is the soundtrack to your life or it could just be attached to really good memories um cyanide by daniel caesar i know he's very controversial but that brings me to new orleans which is like my favorite Ooh, city on i need the planet, to go to new orleans just in love and like yeah yeah okay okay got it and um the final question so what is the most beautiful place that you've ever been to oh my gosh what the, um oh my gosh uh spain Ooh, you've been spain to spain was, the architecture alone was mm. just like I went on my senior trip when I was about mm. 17 years old and it's just like this is just what your everyday buildings look like like oh my gosh like, <laughs> yeah that was <gorgeous>. okay 
All right. Well, those are all the questions I have for you. BK, thank you so much for being on here. I really appreciate you. And I feel like you're going to be an honorary member of this podcast. Um, whatever way I can have you on, we're going to have more conversations like this. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, for sure. But uh, before I let you go, you know, just share your socials for both your podcast and your practice and just how people can, you know, connect and work with you. Yes. Um, first of all, sorry. Thank you for inviting me. This was so cool. I feel like we're like for real virtual friends now. Yes. Like I, we were here, but now we <laughs> no like, we're here. For, yes. now we're here. <laughs> um, but yeah, you guys can follow me at kind body therapy on TikTok and Instagram. We get a little, we get a little casual on TikTok. So I like <laughs> it. I like it there. Um, you can also follow the podcast on TikTok and Instagram at L A T M pod. And yeah, um, if you're in Dallas, Fort Worth area, I'm definitely a massage therapist. <laughs> so definitely um, head to Kind Body Therapy and you can book a session or a consultation and I'll be down to chat with you. Yeah, honestly, I have a person in Dallas now. So whenever I want to visit, because my friend actually, we were talking the other day. She was like, first of all, girl, I need to, I need to date a man from Houston or Dallas. And I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> and then she was like, second of all, we need to go to Houston. And I was like, and Dallas too. So now when we pull up, girl, we're going to hit you up. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being on this podcast again. Be care. Appreciate you. With that, we are at the end of this episode. Thank you all for tuning in to our first episode of the year, brand new season, brand new conversations. I hope you enjoyed, you know, the practical tips and the way that we talked about wellness from a very, you know, grounded perspective with BK. If you want to connect with us, feel free to connect with her on Instagram or connect with myself personally at Chit Suzanne on the podcast page at BWDIK podcast. Of course, share this episode with anyone you think, you know, needs to hear it. We'll enjoy the content, you know, share it with your mom and them, your auntie and them, your cousin friends. <laughs> Come chat with us about the episode on our Geneva community. And I will talk to you all real soon. Bye for now. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.